Hi, I'm Denise Bailey. And I'm Dr. Monica Parker. And you're listening to My Parents Are Now My Kids, a medical doctor's view and daughter's journey through memory loss and other dementias. As a doctor, I'll help you navigate through the often confusing, confounding, and frequently frustrating technical aspects of dementia. And as a daughter, I'll share with you some things I've experienced caring for and loving my parents who both struggled with these disorders. We want you to have hope and to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And we'll tell you that sometimes that light is coming straight at you and you just have to get out of the way. Let's get started. Hi, Dr. Monica. Hi, Dr. Denise. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Happy July. Yes. Happy July to you. It's hot, isn't it? Hot and sticky. (laughs) Now, our listeners can listen to this podcast anytime, but so you know, we are taping this in July and it is steaming. I was looking at the thermostat on my car yesterday and it said 102 degrees Fahrenheit. Yes. Were you in the shade? No, it wasn't in the shade. So, right, that makes a difference. But it was really, really hot. So everyone out there, if you're experiencing heat around this time when you hear this podcast, please stay cool and stay safe. So today we'd like to talk about um, finding the positive in Alzheimer's and dementia. And... I want to say that, first of all, what I'm finding is I'm a lot more patient. And I had, for many years, just prayed for patience because I tend not to be the most patient person. But caregiving for my mother and father in the past has taught me patience. So uh, when things happen that are out of my control, I used to get a little worked up about it and fret about it, but now not so much anymore. I'm finding that. So when you say you're finding that it's not so frustrating and you're a little bit more patient, what are some of the things that you have found that have maybe helped you develop greater patience? What are some of the things that are making this a positive moment for you? Well, I have found that I have a greater appreciation for my mother, who I can speak about, who I'm caring for at the moment. Um, She seems a lot more agreeable on occasion. And I think it's because of my patience. When I was a little impatient in the past, that made her more agitated. So I learned that I have to change the way I react to her in order to get the reaction from her that makes the situation more pleasant. And since I learned that, things are going a lot more smoothly. I find the humor in things as opposed to going straight to, oh, this is difficult. Oh, this is not the way things are supposed to go and being frustrated to finding it humorous. So the things that she may do, um, right now she's on a a singing loop. 
There's a tune, she calls it singing, but it really is humming. We don't know what the song is, but she hums it 24 seven. And at first it was like, mom, you know, don't do that. But now I just let her go. And it's things like that I've learned to be patient with and to embrace it. And sometimes I sing along with her or hum along with her. And she gets so excited about that. So we're walking around the house humming this tune. And uh, maybe I'll play it for our listeners sometime when I record her. Well, I think it's interesting to hear you say that. But you're also in your testimony, if you will, you are basically giving um, evidence for one of the things we like to tell caregivers. Your care recipient is very, very in tune to your mood simply because you as the caregiver are the person that he or she is most familiar with. So if you are sending signals that may be negative and not calm and pleasing, it's frustrating for her because she doesn't quite know how to respond to you. So if she's fearful, she's gonna be resistant in terms of whatever it is you're trying to get her to do. Oh, my daughter wouldn't yell at me this way. I don't wanna go, this is gonna hurt me, I'm afraid. So instead of going with you, she pulls against you. So when you start talking about, well, she's singing and it's bothering me, and I've just gotten to the point where I just try to sing the song too, and it makes her feel better. That's the right approach, simply because it's not the world according to the same caregiver. It's the world according to the person who's living with dementia because they're occupying a different universe. And as the primary caregiver, they identify with you probably more than anybody else. So they are sensitive to your moods. And if you're not treating her or him, depending on who the caregiver is, the way they're accustomed to be, they become fearful. So I'm glad to hear that you are learning to go with the flow because we like to give people with dementia tasks that they can comfortably accommodate. That's why so many older people with dementia fold napkins and fold towels. They'll fold a hundred towels repetitively because that's something they're engaged in that keeps them comfortable and keeps them happy. Not fold the towels, put them up and stack them this way, that way, or the other way, but just folding the towels because that's something they can do and they seem to be happy doing it. You let them do that. So thank you, Denise, for demonstrating again. Yeah. That when you're caring for somebody who's living with dementia, you have to kind of go into their world. This their world, you know? Yeah. Not yeah. yours. You're right. And Not yours. You're right. And you mentioned something about them feeding off of your mood. And, yes. And I notice that in having a conversation with her sometimes, if it got to the point where I was like, no, mom, don't do that you were right. She would react more combatively. But if I responded in just an understanding way with an understanding tone, I could get her to do uh, not what I wanted her to do, but at least do something in a more peaceful way as opposed to an argumentative way. Because I learned that she really doesn't have the communication skills that we 
um, without Alzheimer's and dementia are used to. She will answer. Right. She will answer a question with something that has nothing to do with what you asked her, uh, because she doesn't know how to carry on a lengthy conversation like that. She'll give one-word answers, but at least they will be pleasant if I approach her in a pleasant way. So I've learned that. I've learned that. And I've, I've learned to just stay in the moment, not to expect too much. You know. And I think that that's a very important thing. So when you're caring for people with dementia, it's real important to keep your instructions short, your activities simple and directed and something that they can do. You know, if you say, pick up the fork and drop it on the plate and then put the plate in the on the counter, that's too much. Just say, give me the fork. Right. One thing. Right. Keep it simple. And that becomes something they can do. But if you give them too much to do at one time, they can't remember. They'll forget. That will frustrate them and it'll frustrate you because it's not what you wanted. You're so right about that. I had to learn that because when I make her breakfast every morning, I do one thing at a time. I used to put everything in front of her at one time, but now she likes her coffee. So I will take the time to make her coffee, put the cup in front of her, then put the sugar or sweetener in, then put the cream in, then stir it, then I will let her just enjoy her coffee for a little while before I give her her food. And that's important because, you know, when we talk about overwhelming people, they can contemplate one thing at a time. So if you put a dish of food in front of them, they might not quite know what to do. So I think that the idea of, okay, I'm going to give her her fruit first, or I'm going to give her her cup of coffee first. And she can watch me do that and she can savor a cup of coffee mm-hmm. before you shove something else in her face. Mm-hmm. You know, when I say it like that, because in nursing homes and hospitals, when somebody brings a tray around, they want them to eat everything in like five to 10 minutes, because that's about all the time that the person bringing the tray has. Right. And so as a result of that, a lot of people in institutions don't get fed well, right? because they can't eat that fast and because they can't get all the things together. They can't take the little tower off the dish. They can't open up the can of juice. All of that mm-hmm. requires steps. So what you're doing with your mother and what any caregiver should do is when you're attempting something, whether it's bathing, um, getting them ready for going out of the house or just simply feeding them as you're discovering is do one complete one activity at a time. It takes a little bit longer but it's probably going to be better for a care recipient, but also for you because you're not making it too complicated. Wow. They can follow you. Our listeners need to hear what you just said. And it sparked something that I had not thought about. I'm I'm not saying that it's not good to have your loved one in a care facility, because if you have no choice, sometimes you have no choice. We can't take care of them at home. But I think back to the time that my father had to go to rehab after hospitalizations. Even though he lived with me, he had to be in rehab on several occasions. And now I see about his eating. I just thought that he wasn't eating, but it could be because no one took the time to let him eat, 
to sit with him. And understandably in these facilities, they don't have time for that. They can't give individualized care and sit there. So love, loved ones or caregivers who are listening to us, you know, it, it's not necessarily the fault of the institution, but you might have to be there at feeding time if you are able and can sit with your loved one and make sure they eat. They may not be eating, not because they're not hungry, but because they're a little confused and just can't figure it out on their own. And a lot of times that's what it is. There was a study, Dr. Brad Fain from Georgia Tech. He does a lot of studies for helping making the care of older adults possible. He was a consultant to a company in the Netherlands, as a matter of fact. They were trying to understand why their hospitalized residents weren't eating the food on their plate. And they realized that the people could not open the containers that the food was in so that they could eat it. Wow. They couldn't open up the jack, the, the juice containers. They couldn't open, they couldn't undo the packaging of the food in order to eat the food. That's why they didn't eat. So for our caregivers, as you said, you know, I just thought about that. Daddy didn't eat. Well, if you're going to give your mother breakfast, and I know that you fix waffles and give her sausages and eggs and things like that, you know, it probably takes an hour to feed her. It might take you 15 minutes to eat that. But if you're giving her her coffee first and watching, letting her watch you fix it and letting her finish her coffee, that's a good 10 to 15 minutes, isn't it? Then you got to get up and do 30, 30 minutes. <laughs> so it takes 30 minutes to give her a cup of coffee. So for people whose folks are in an assisted living or in a nursing home or in a hospital, yeah, you if you're going to pay for help, maybe pay for help to be there at mealtime if it's not going to be a family member. Somebody to be there to ensure that they take the time to feed her, to make sure that your relative is fed and watered, if you will. Mm-hmm. You've got to be there to make sure that they can stick the straw in the juice container because, you know, they don't give them a glass of juice. They stick it in a juice container. That is true. That is true. Wow. And I have difficulty opening them myself. I know. <laughs> I have difficulty opening them myself. Those little, juice how- things, those little juice things where you stick the straw in, I was always missing the hole and it was squirting out in my face. So if I can't figure it out, I know they can't figure it out. Wow. Right. So listen, so, you hear that. You hear that. That is something. Um, it's a positive thing um, that you're able to be with them and help them eat. But if they're in a facility... See if you can be there or get someone to sit with them. And, and also I learned about uh, cherishing the time that I have with them. You know, not looking for the glass half empty, but the glass half full. Because even though she may be doing things that are repetitive, like that singing and that humming, but trying to sing and hum with her and create memories, you know, just create the memories that you can in the space that she's in. And right. that's also maybe just sit back and be appreciative. I it just have been appreciative of her being here. So that's a blessing, a blessing. And I'm trying to be creative because we all need to exercise. Um, like you said, and we've been telling our listeners about your physical health helps your mental health. So I'm trying to be creative. We, we're still not getting out a lot because of the pandemic. But she and I sort of dance around the house. I'll turn on some music and 
and try to get her exercising and I'll dance with her. And so that gets me up. And that's a positive thing that so helps me try to stay in shape a little bit. And she thinks she's just dancing, but that's a little bit of exercise for her. So that's my shared activity. Yeah, wonderful. She's getting to wiggle her hips a little. She is, and she absolutely loves it. Uh, listeners don't know this, but my mom is just a little hot mess sometimes. <laughs> she is a hot mess. That and her cookies. Yes, she loves her cookies and she loves to wiggle. So the music um, helps her wiggle and that gives her a little bit of an exercise there. And finally, I just try to laugh more, you know? I try not to. Because you could be not be here to laugh. Correct. You could not be here to laugh. That's true. That is true. And so um, you could shorten your lifespan. When I say you're mm -hmm. the caregiver, because you know how they always say you got to take care of yourself because if you stress out and, and, and fret about everything that you're going through, that diminishes your health. So caregivers keep that in mind it's best to find the positivity in a situation because that helps you you may not see it at the time but it helps you yes yes thank you denise thank you dr monica <laughs> follow us on instagram my parents are now my kids and on twitter mpmk at MPMK Podcast and on Facebook. My parents are now my kids. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next time.